You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. We're live. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. I said, hey, hey, welcome to the Man Cave Happy Hour. We're going to drink a fine whiskey and smoke a really fine cigar. It is time for Happy Hour. It is the Man Cave Happy Hour Whiskey, Cigar, Spirits, the stories that go along with it. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Hey, I'm Matt Fox. And we are, uh, we're on our own, our own, our own decks. We There's are a bunch of socially, decks hanging out, yes. <laughs> that is it. We are socially distant and, and having a party. And today we're not lying because we actually do have cigars. Well, most of the times it's, <laughs> it's not cigars, but today uh, there is cigars and there's spirits. Uh, Matt, what do we got? in the beautiful blue bottles. Uh, we have something very special happening in the Man Cave today. We have a number of guests with us on in the Man Cave. On the Man Cave, we have Mr. Adam Van Gutkin, uh, Adam Von Gutkin from High Clear Castle Gin. And we're going we're gonna to talk to him a little bit about their launch in the United States in August of just August of last year. Um, they launched in the UK in 2017, and we're going to get a little bit of the backstory of the gin itself and where it came from, and we're going to have a great, fun conversation and just learn the story because everything starts with a great story. Um, we also have uh, Ethan Allen here with us as well. Ethan is actually a friend uh, or the brother of one of my coworkers, and Ethan, thank you for the introduction to Adam. Cannot thank you enough for, uh, for helping us put this together. You're welcome. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. And then also Rob Grimaldi is uh, with us as well. Uh, Rob is one of the distributors. Am I correct in that, Rob? No, I, I, I drink too much of the product to be a distributor. So I am, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am well a friend said. of the brand. And, and an advisor. Rob, Rob, is a, Rob is an advisor to us and a very, a very, very dear friend of the brand. Okay, so you distribute advice. All right, fair enough. Distribute <laughs> <laughs> advice. It consumes the product. <laughs> excellent excellent yeah and you know high clear castle gin a lot of folks may know of high clear castle because of there there's a popular tv show and a movie that was made and um everyone talks about it as downtown abbey downtown abbey that, yeah. yeah downtown and that's a lot that's where they do a lot of the uh filming or pretty much all the filming for the show itself is that high clear castle itself so you know we, we may talk and dab a little bit in there as well uh and just pick your brain a little bit adam but we got a lot of things to talk about and Jamie, I want you to ask the first question of the day because this is the question that the man cave has become famous for now. So, Jamie, oh, Adam! Oh my God, yeah. Adam! One, I love the room. Yeah. Uh, it's it's you. the your your backdrop there is amazing. But uh, Adam, Not a bad man cave. <laughs> tell tell me about your childhood. Childhood. <laughs> yes, that's an interesting one. Um, well, you know, I think I think mine was was rather a bit of a dichotomy kind of, you know, my, my, um, my parents were divorced and my mom kind of struggled as a single mother, uh, although she did a good job. And, um, you know, it was interesting because a big father figure in my life was, was my uncle Bob, who, who started off incredibly poor as a black man down in South Carolina and had a uh, uh, very little education, married my mother's sister, and came up, uh, up up northeast and became a, a leading executive with Dell. And as a result of that, you know, it was kind of odd in that there were weeks where we had no oil in our oil tank, so we had no heat. 
And then the next week I'd be traveling the world with my uncle and he'd be fitting me for my, my first suit or uh, helping, helping me along with the rest of my family to go to, to really good schools. And so my life was kind of an odd mixture of uh, having boiled hot dogs and then being on the island of Anguilla and having a lot of fun and experiencing that. And so I think it inspired in me both an appreciation for hard work and being able to create any kind of reality that you desire and, and also kind of a taste for, for quality and, and beautiful things, uh, while also an appreciation for what it takes to get there. So it was an odd upbringing in a way. Oh, wow. Thank you for that. Um, I actually just uh, just cracked open the bottle. I cracked this yesterday, and I had to take a drive out to uh, a small town called St. Clair Shores and, uh, and dropped off a little bit of our Highfield Castle gin to one of our favorite bartenders, Tara. Tara just joined us here on the Man Cave. Hi, Tara. Hi, Tara. Hi, Tara. Here. And Tara's been gracious enough to uh, join us here this evening. She's going to make a few cocktails for us and talk about uh, the creation of said cocktail uh, throughout the show tonight. So, Tara, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, for that. sure. Absolutely. So, so, Adam, you got fitted for, for your suit. And uh, how did you make your way into uh, the world of spirits and specifically Highclere Castle? Yeah, that's a great question. So, interestingly enough, my my family had been involved in distilling spirits since the 1800s. And as a matter of fact, we lost our, we had a legally owned quite, quite a big successful distillery here in New England um, that we lost in 1865 because one of my ancestors shipped a few hundred barrels of whiskey up to Canada and tried to avoid paying the, the federal government the taxes. And so the, the government decided it was probably best that my family doesn't own a distillery and they took it, uh, they took it away from us. And when you fast forward to prohibition, here in, in, in the center of Connecticut, uh, we had a very prominent and famous speakeasy mm. and a couple ferry boats that would do daily trips from Manhattan to Connecticut, bringing, bringing liquor and, uh, and things to our little speakeasy. And that did very well. So about 10 years ago, I wanted to revive that. And I really got my hands deep into the, the, the art of distillation. I traveled all over the, the, the country, learning from different distillers and, and really trying to understand American moonshine and whiskey production. I fell in love with scotch and I really just kind of went, went from, 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 from the farm and the grain all the way to the glass hmm. and spent about uh, you know, many years there understanding the full art of the craft. And, and that kind of brought us to a place where about four or five years ago, I wanted, to, I wanted to apply those skills and that network and those people that we got to know, I wanted to apply that to a, uh, to a global brand and that hmm. brings us to Highclere. Yeah. So, you know, having a great story to share, it really helps to formulate that brand itself, Adam. What, what was one of the relevations that actually caught you off guard that changed the direction with the product itself, uh, either the Moonshine or Heichler Castle Gin specifically? Well, I think that, you know, a, a big thing for me personally with, with regards to all products, especially lifestyle products like spirits and, and cigars, is a brand has to have a reason to be. And I say this all the time, and I learned this from an amazing mentor named Mike Donovan in the, in the liquor business. Mm. A product has to have a reason. We, we live in an age where so many of our things are produced in a marketing boardroom. And we buy them. And the reason they're produced is for one reason, to sell them and make money. Right, right, and very right. smart people, granted their work is not in vain. I, I understand how business works, and, and it's an important part of, of, of the world. But they don't really exist with soul and depth of person of 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 soul and passion and reason to be, and so with regards to Onyx and my first spirit line, with regards then to 
hike their castle cigar and then and of course now the pin. Um, we wanted to celebrate our heritages and what these brands stand for. And the amount of hard work and effort and passion that are put every day into, for example, keeping Heichler Castle alive and running, the amount of work that Lord and Lady Carnarvon put into this uh, and their amazing team of, of, of people is just intense. And, uh, and what we've done from the beginning of getting into the spirits world and what we've done in the, the tobacco space and our, you know, my partner and friend, Nick Melillo, um, who you guys know, and he's been on before. Yes. I mean, to, to do a product correctly, I don't care if it's in fashion or if it's in, 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 in spirits or wine, you really kind of have to be all in if you want it to be exceptional, more than just something on the shelf that's for sale. And I think it's taken us some years to figure that out, but I think we, I think we figured it out. Yeah. I'm going to ask a question a little bit later about the bottle itself and, and the color of it because, you know, it stands out. The, the bottle itself really stands out. You guys went all in with the bottle. You really did. Yeah, thank you. And, and of course, what's inside of it, too. But I, I will ask that question a little bit. But um, I'm curious to know uh, a little bit about what Tara is going to be uh, making for us this evening. Uh, her first cocktail for the night. My, my first one? Yeah. So my, um, my first one, I actually – just went through my pantry because I didn't really have time to make a store run to see what I could make. Okay. <laughs> um, so I have some lime juice. I pretty much always keep fresh lemons and limes in my fridge because I'm always making cocktails at home. So I'm just doing a half ounce of some fresh lime juice. Mm -hmm. and Look then, at Jamie. Jamie's got the lime. <laughs> I have this balsamic. <laughs> I have this balsamic glaze. Um, I get it from Salvaggio's, but you can get it from any kind of like specialty market store. Okay. Is that um, Nino Salvaggio that you get Yeah, Nino Salvaggio's oh. is where nice. I get it from. Um, and then it, you just do the same amount, always equal citrus and equal syrup. So you get a little bit of the vinegar flavor in there, mm -hmm. um, but it's sweet with the sugar they add to make it the glaze. Dump it right into your shaker. I'm building this all in a shaker. I realize you guys kind of can't see that. <laughs> And then I'm just going to take two ounces of the gin. My bottle's not as pretty as your guys's, but... Uh, Jamie's just pouring his gin directly into his glass. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm skipping steps. <laughs> um, and then that's it. You're going to add ice. And I strain mine into a cocktail glass. Mm -hmm. Sounds you know, delicious. Yeah, and when you try a spirit for the first time, you know, you do want to try it, you know, straight up, no right. ice, just you want to go neat uh, the first time. Um, and this will be my first time trying because I've been staring at this bottle now for over a week and it's been teasing me for the entire week itself. So this will be the first time I get to try Eichler Castle Gin. So, cheers. Cheers, so yeah, everybody. You want to uh, uh, look for, Matt, on the nose, you'll get some real subtle touches of, of floral. A uh, note that comes actually from the lavender. Um, the lavender that's used in here is grown at Highclere, and it was actually planted by the bishops of Winchester in the ninth century. Oh my God! In the ninth so it's century, it's over a thousand years old. And Tara, I'm sure whatever what you're doing with the lime helps bring out some of that floral too. Mm -hmm. Lavender and, and lime go really well together. They do. They do exactly was, that. I was doing a little reading about uh, about Highclere Castle and the monks. You know, they did a lot. They planted the uh, the lavender. Uh, yes. the, the monks did back in the, in the ninth century. In the ninth century, the property where Highclere is situated now was, was owned by the bishops of Winchester. 
for, mm -hmm. for many generations and the monks were there as well. And they were, that's called the monk's garden. Even today, it's a very beautiful old stone wall behind the castle. Oh, cool. uh, just beautiful stretches of lavender that have grown there ever since. But, uh, but even the juniper that you'll get on the nose and on, on the front side of the flavor, that's been growing wild uh, at Highclere since the Romans occupied the hill behind Highclere called Beacon Hill. And it still grows wild there as well today. Wow. Oh, that's, that rests really nice on the palate. That really yeah, does. It's pretty. And, you'll, and, and what, what Tara did is, is, is quite clever. By, by adding and using lime uh, juice and really accenting with things like orange peel or lemon, lemon zest and lime, uh, we use quite a bit of citrus in this gin. Yeah. And more, more citrus even than juniper. So people get a lot more citrus on the palate. The reason we do that is because we have a, a, the Victorian era cit, um, orangery is right out back. Mm -hmm. And Highclere has these beautiful, amazing little oranges about the size of a golf ball. And I swear, when you pop them open in a room and you break the skin, mm -hmm. it's like you sprayed uh, the most beautiful <laughs> perfume around the room. That's and great. we try those and we send them north to the distillery to be used in the, in the gin basket. Excellent. Tara, how, how'd that cocktail turn out for you? Good. Yeah? Excellent. See oh, we see the color. Look at that. That's yeah. Very nice. beautiful. So real, real, real quick, Adam, um, when you first took your first trip out to Highclere Castle to see Earl, Earl Carnivon and his wife, right? Yeah. Um, what are some of the botanicals that took you by surprise uh, when you first uh, paid a visit out there? Well, the first time I went out there to visit, the last thing on my mind was botanicals because the castle... <laughs> <laughs> the castle estate is so impressive and um, so moving. You, you know, the, the, the parkland was developed by someone named Capability Brown, a very reputable um, kind of gardener and parkland designer of the time. And they've designed it in such a way that there are, mo there are multiple driveways that come up to the castle, and each of them are very, very long. You're talking about a, the Heichler sits at the center of essentially a 5,000-acre estate. So this is a driveway that in Detroit and Connecticut, you would not want to have to plow. I can tell no. you that. No. <laughs> You're certainly that. not no. going to shovel it yourself. <laughs> so, you know, the experience when you go to Highclere, and I urge all of you to, and I, I, we hope to host you there uh, when things get back to normal. But the, the driveway is long, and the way the hills are set, you get to a point at one point where you're coming up along the driveway and the tower appears, and then the whole castle kind of lives. <sighs> so my impressions when I first arrived were like this. This is uh, this is unlike any structure I've ever seen, and and just and it speaks to beauty and elegance and entertainment, and the uh, many hundred years of cocktails and all that stuff. Now, of course, once we got to your point, once we got into it, started yeah. developing the the gin, um, the, you know, we we sat down and talked about what are the core flavor profiles and aromas, and what do we want the gin to the gin to really represent. Sure. Don't forget, gin arrived on England shores in the mid 1600s. It's okay. been there a long, long time, and, uh, and 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 so the fact is, to leave the library out of the beautiful uh, French doors under the terrace, take a short walk down into the park. You have every ingredient you need to make an award-winning gin because it's wow. all right there in the garden, and in very big, beautiful gardens and well maintained. So that was the inspiration, and we stuck to that principle through the whole recipe design process. Wow. Thank you for that. I can only, you know, you, you describe it so incredibly well. You know, I'm just envisioning it. And, and to pay a visit there would be absolutely astounding and amazing. We'd love to have you guys. Yeah. Uh, uh. So, Adam, I, I, you, you, you threw out a number there. 
uh, how how many acres is the estate? It's five thousand acres. Five thousand acres. Because when just, I was asking Matt and I were talking, eh. <laughs> just a few. So Matt and I were we were talking about it ahead of time, and it says you know made with the finest you know high clear gardens botanicals, and I'm like, all right, so well, are there high clear gardens like someplace else, or this like how big is the estate? I was curious about that. So five thousand acres, you got room for a lot of gardens. So these are actually legitimately, and I was like, well, you know, they're manufacturing a lot of this gin. How much could they have? So these, all the, all the botanicals come from, from the estate, from those 5,000 acres. Well, I, I can't claim to say that that's quite true. You know, okay. our, our most of them, uh, I'm sorry, many of them. Yeah. Many of them, as much as we can. And we're actually growing more lavender. We're growing more, 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 more botanicals on the estate and expanding that. Mm -hmm. uh, so we do supplement with other botanicals that are grown in England and some in Central Europe when we run low on, on, on supplies. So, but the, I can guarantee and, and absolutely attest that there is, there is a, a decent amount of Highclere in every single bottle. But uh, we do supplement when we have to because it's, it's a new operation and a new project. And, yeah. and of course, we've yeah. got to be true oh, too. No, it's, it's absolutely so. I just, but I, I love the concept. Um, yeah, you'll get people interested in it just because of the Downton Abbey um, aspect uh, of it. You'll, you'll, you'll get some immediate fans with that. But as far as a gin goes, um, it's, this, is, this is pretty. It's very pretty. Thank you. Well, you know, the, the, the last piece of the recipe that I think you guys will find. Uh, I'm not getting any, any you know, ethanol or, 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 or burn in it. Um, and yeah, just, uh, and, and the smell is, is, is pretty, I wasn't picking up lavender. I'm not, uh, Matt and I are still working on our, our palettes. Yeah. Not us over here. <laughs> and that, that's part of what we Self do. <laughs> well, so, and, so, uh, so you guys are traditionally, uh, your whiskey guys. Yeah. Lean more towards that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you'll, you'll love this piece of the story. It's the last, it's the last component to the recipe. And I have to give all the credit on this to Lord Carnarvon because, he, he absolutely nailed it with this. So we're up in Birmingham at the distillery, and, and we're distilled in England's oldest gin distillery, by the way, called Langley. And uh, we had done 24 re recipe iterations over the course of a year. And 24. We, were like, oh, wow. we, were like, we were like so happy. It was so close to being perfect. It was like 99%. But it was missing something that, that I look for in spirits and wines that I really like and, and in spirits that I've distilled before. I like a very long, velvety smooth, 10 second long, nearly chewable finish. Mm. That's important to me. I find it very rare. It's a hard find in spirits and I look for it. And for me, it's the test of a, a spirit that's operating at this level of quality here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we didn't have it. We, were, we, we had everything. We, we, the balance was right. It was delicate. It was luxurious. It's, uh, it, it did well in cocktails. Tara, as you can, as you can see, it does well straight but it was missing that whiskey finish that I like. And, um, okay. and I like to drink my spirits on the rocks. Uh, for the most part, I mean, I love a gin and tonic and cocktails, but I'm a, I'm a on the rocks or neat guy myself. And so Lord Carnarvon said, why don't we use the High Clare oats? Now High Clare is, is rather well known for the oats they grow. They sell them to um, thoroughbred racehorse circles. Oh, wow. uh, actually, they're quite famous as some of the best oats in the world for racehorse. And, uh, and I thought to myself, well, that's going to do nothing. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> throwing oats at a gin basket with botanicals is not going to affect the flavor. It, 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 it makes no sense. But I said, well, well, why not? Let's give it a shot. And sure. we did it. 
and my God, he hit it on the, on the head. And, uh, and again, I had been distilling for 10 years and I, yeah. I saw no science in this at all. And when we did this, it just made it blossom. And that's why you get when you taste it neat right now, Matt. Mm. Um, you're doing neat as well, Jamie, I think. Yep. You get that like long, chewable, velvety, smooth finish on it. And that's from those oats. The oils mm. in the oats add a touch of that cereal flavor that we as whiskey uh, customers really just love. And what we're finding now throughout the U.S., we're hearing from a whole bunch of whiskey people that are saying, oh, my God, I'm drinking your gin on the rocks. It's the first time I've ever enjoyed gin in my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool to hear that. <laughs> no, you know, you, you were talking about, you know, that you know, that, that 10-second field, the legs, uh, when, when I'm looking at this in the glass, you know, the, the legs on this yeah. are incredible. Totally. They're just hanging. They're hanging in there. They really are. Exactly that. It's that. amazing. I poured it into a, a martini-style glass. Um to try it neat. And I was I'm noticing that, that it is just, the legs are just, they, it's, they just stay. It's, yeah. it's that, yeah. that ring from where I drank down. It is there. It is still there. Those oils are still just hanging out of that glass. And that is happening. Yeah. I took a little bit of lime. I just cut a, a piece of lime and I squeezed it in there. And it's bringing out a lot of sweet actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now that I'm tasting it, I, I put it in, I threw a little wedge in there, uh, a couple of drops of that lime. Uh, it's a lot sweeter now. Um, that kind of surprised me that adding the lime in there. Tara, what am I doing? Am I messing up? Adding <laughs> lime in? No, no. No, I like it by itself. So many people won't drink gin because they associate it with having that pine flavor. I can never get people to drink it. I can't tell you how many times I will have a cocktail and people are like, can I just get it with vodka? And 90% of the time if you ask me, I'm still going to give you gin. <laughs> Right, <laughs> and, then, and then they end up liking it, and then they thank me. But um, it's really good for getting people to try it on its own. You just have to talk them into it. <laughs> yeah. I think we're seeing a lot of consumers that have been, um, you know, vodka drinkers, and they're looking for something a little bit more intense and flavorful hmm. and more of an ex a flavor experience, but they're not quite ready to jump into a, a bottle of Laphroaig and <laughs> Scotland's best. And, uh, and I feel like gin is really a wonderful bridge because mm -hmm. as the complexities and the art of true distillation, but it also, um, it's also not quite formidable and intimidating. And it's, it's, it's in many ways, in a way, it's a very naturally flavored vodka. Mm -hmm. If you think about it, it really kind of is. I mean, we use a, we use an organic, uh, English wheat base, uh, for our gin. So it's, it's in many ways, it really just kind of is. And it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not vodka with just some strawberry flavoring and food color. <laughs> you know, it's the real thing. You know, it's a real, it's a real proper London dry gin, but people are learning. Yeah. So Adam, you know, you, you're stateside and, and tell me a little bit about the, the, uh, how, how you came up with the research the research that you did to finally reach out to uh, the Earl to talk to him about, you know, creating a new gin. Well, you know, I have been traveling to England for, for 25 years. My wife went to university there for, for a while. And um, every time I've ever gone there, it felt a lot to me like going home in a very weird way. It's a country that we've always loved. And I'm, I'm approximately half English or something like that anyway. We go, we go back there a ways. And, uh, and I just, I, I felt a connection to the place and to the people. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so it's always been on my radar. And... Uh, my wife got me into the show Downton Abbey, which is, of course, one of the things that propelled Hyker Castle to kind of global fame. Mm -hmm. And I was looking with my, my business partner, Pete, 
I was looking to do the next brand after our small state distillery that we did here. And that was like moonshine, wasn't it? That's Onyx Moonshine, exactly, okay. in our secret stash whiskey. And I wanted to, I wanted to, to, to create a brand that had such a level of heritage and pedigree to it that it was like unmistakably unique. And when you walk into a liquor store, I mean, let's face it, uh, and many of these brands, by the way, are good and I drink them myself, but 95% of this stuff is, is, is designed in a marketing boardroom. And it's just there for one reason, uh, the stock market or whatever, you know, it is, yeah. it's just there for that. And I really wanted to, to, to bring to the table a, a, a spirit that could award, a win so many awards that could have a reach back in history that goes back hundreds of years, mm -hmm. have uh, enough estate and land tied to it that we could create the product from the estate. We had quite a checkbox. And I spent about a year looking, by the way. A year? And about a year. I was looking for a year with, with talking to different people, traveling and pondering and having ideas and stuff. And, uh, and it wasn't until my wife forced me to watch Downton Abbey. <laughs> and forced I found <laughs> forced. It was definitely a forced. Oh, yeah. and, uh, Fair. I fell in love with the show. And I just had this crazy idea to reach out to the castle. And I, I, I just, one random night I did. And, and Lord Kadarvin called me the very next day. And we spent maybe an hour on the phone. Um, and then two weeks later, I was on a, a plane with my wife heading to Highclere for a long weekend. Wow. And we spent the whole time talking about the important things of life, you know, family and friends and why, why get out of bed in the morning and what does it mean to make brands and mm -hmm. what Highclere is all about and the people that represent and make up the, the estate and have been there many generations working it, farming mm -hmm. it proudly and all these kind of things. And, and I fell even more head over heels in love there. And Lady Carnarvon now calls it, it's a, it's, it's, an, it's a love affair between America and England. And it very much is. Uh, yeah. So the, you the Carnarvons are, ahead, are yeah. the Carnarvons are. I mean, they're just they're just they're just charming people. Uh, they host these events on on Facebook, and uh, I just would just I I chimed in when they did one just uh, on Friday last Friday. Uh, it just just uh, amazing. They 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 just I, I I feel it. They they just open up the castle. Uh, and let people in, and and I can see if you had a you had a good idea, and I can just see him just opening the doors and and bringing you in. I, that totally comes across, and I, I think that's like something that's gonna to help your brand. I, Absolutely, I, I, yeah. You know, the the, the, the Carnarvons are just they seem like a riot. They are they are a riot, and um, you know one of the things that was important to me too from the beginning is I I didn't want to do a licensing deal. I didn't want Downton Abbey. Uh, Downton Abbey on, on the front of this bottle. Right. And I didn't want to just pay a royalty to, to, to somebody to use a thing. Uh, I really wanted founding partners that wanted to also be brand ambassadors and had the passion and the heart that I have and that we, my team has, to bring this to life. And, and, and I felt equally in love with, with, with Lord Lady Carnarvon. They're very much like family and they're, they're the greatest friends. And they're kind people. And they're also incredibly hardworking. I was impressed, you know, as a lifelong American entrepreneur, I, I think a lot of Americans and even, and even some Brits maybe see, see the aristocracy over in England as kind of, um, they must just kind of hang out and drink champagne all day and there's nothing to do and it's just kind of the money's flowing. And that's not the case. So they, they've got such immense responsibility to keep the legacy and the traditions going that represent so much of what makes England special. And, and these two, especially during coronavirus, these two are working 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. they're, they're busting their hump to keep that estate rolling where, while many employees are furloughed. 
So the work ethic I see in them and what they've brought to the table, of course, with the launch of Hypercastle Gin, I mean, it is in every way a true partnership. And, uh, and, and Jamie, you've recognized it exactly. They're down to earth. They're a lot of fun. They're gracious hosts. And they definitely know how to throw a good party. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right. So I, uh, I, I, I cleared out my glass and, and I poured uh, a fresh pour and I put ice in it. So I got it on the rocks this time. Um, and the floral's back. Uh, it's, 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 but it's not flowery. Um, yes. I, I'm, getting, I'm getting that, I'm getting that, that, that a lot of the floral uh, in the nose. Um, and, and now that it's watered with the ice, it's watered down a little bit. It, it, it lingers just a little, not quite as long as it did um, when it was, you know, just straight, um, but, but still hanging in there. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, it's just, uh, just uh, uh, the, the floral is very nice. It's, uh, I'm, I'm, Jamie, liking you, the, I'm liking the rocks. Jamie, you went straight up ice cube. I just put a little few drops of water in mine and that, that really opened it up quite a bit more. And I really got more floral out of it when I just did a few drops of water. Now that really opened it up. Open the oils up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does nicely. Yeah. Floral's mm -hmm. so hard because it can go two ways. If you use even the slightest bit too much of floral, you almost get that soapy flavor. Mm. So for, for you to nail it and have it be so smoothly floral without getting that, it's really great. Yeah, yeah thank you. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be biting into grandma's lavender soap. Right. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so let me, let me brag for Tara for a second. She works at a, a place uh, in the Detroit club called the library. And it's one of the higher end classy cocktail places in the city. Uh, the cocktail culture is blowing up everywhere. Uh, Detroit is, is no different. And uh, Tara is one of the players uh, in, in Metro Detroit. Mm -hmm. uh, we love you. And uh, did yeah, and so we, we love you. And uh, uh, I was I was gonna dive into a personal life, but I'm, I'm not gonna do that. Or you get friends on Facebook, and then you get bits of information, and then I don't want to be wrong. So anyway, uh, but uh, uh, did you update your relationship status? She did. Okay, fair play. <laughs> all right, because that girl should not be single. That's all I'm saying. So, but. And, you know, that, that aside, she's one of the magnificent bartenders and our city has a, a lot of magnificent bartenders, yeah. uh, in the Detroit club, in the library inside the Detroit club where she works right now, when it opens up again, uh, is one of those magnificent places. And this is, this is something that, that'll, that'll fit right in, into that, that, that culture. Uh, Ethan, yes. um, it's, it's, it's kind of your job to get places like the Detroit club, yeah. uh, to, to carry this. Um, so is it gin? Is it is it a challenge to uh, to to place a gin over, say, a, a right now a, a bourbon? Because bourbon is everybody's just ass crazy for for bourbon uh, and vodka. Vodka is kind of a staple. Uh, is gin a challenge? And, and and what's the challenge you're facing with Heichler? The for us here, and, and as you you nailed it, the cocktail scene has been blowing up over the mm -hmm. last several years. And gin itself is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Adam, but is the fastest growing premium spirit in the U.S. In the world. And, in the world. Wow. All right. I'll show so, up <laughs> so then. So that is, that is helping. Um, and, and Adam, it was kind of, you started this four years ago, and it was really before gin was, I mean, it was just starting to get rolling. Um, and so I think we're, we're hitting it up uptick there uh and it helps that we have a wonderful gin 
uh, and getting people like Tara to try it, it's, the gin speaks for itself. It, it, like we talked about, it's amazing meat. It's great on the rocks and it makes a great cocktail. Mm. You launched well said, well said, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's, it, it, it's neat to see it growing so fast. This has been now, now almost five years in development. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah we, only launched, uh, we only launched six months ago. Yeah, in the U.S. You launched in the U.K. in 2017, I want to say? Is no, that no, no. That, that was the cigar. The cigar. Yeah. Okay. I was going to talk about the chicken or the egg. What came first? <laughs> um, <laughs> the cigar yeah. or the gin? That's a neat story, actually. So I, I, I was not in the cigar business at all. Well, let me correct that. I was an avid cigar uh, <laughs> purchaser. <laughs> and uh, that's closer, fact, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only reason I'm in the cigar business is because Nick Melillo is a dear friend of mine. And so uh, what happened was I realized at some point, uh, two years, three years ago, that this gin project was going to cost a lot of resources and time and effort to make it right. Doing a, doing a brand launch this big is is an immense amount of energy and a lot of people to do it properly. Mm -hmm. uh, wh whereas, uh, whereas Nick, of course, had the new foundation cigar company, knew at the time mm -hmm. that he was setting up after an amazing uh, career in the cigar trade going back 20 years and uh, just a leader and world-renowned cigar blender. And we had enjoyed many spirits together, my Onyx and whiskeys and his cigars. And I realized, it, and I, I swear to God to you, I have all my best ideas in the shower. <laughs> I, I said to myself, um, you know, High Claire also lends itself very well to a cigar. I mean, Winston Churchill was a very good friend of Lord Cadarman's grandfather, and he was a frequent visitor, and he had his cigar hanging out of his mouth like in every photo, mm -hmm. and they've been having cigars and gin there for 200 years. I mean, the nation of Canada was created in the library of High Claire over cigars. Wow. I mean, a real reach back to, to when, when cigars first arrived in England and were kind of the, the, the symbol of the gentleman before it became a symbol of everybody to enjoy. It was a, it was a part of the culture there. And so I, I, I rang Nick up one day and I said, I have a crazy idea. I know you're very busy launching Foundation and the Way Wednesday Cigar and all of your, your things, but would you care to partner with me to do a, a High Clear Castle Cigar? And he said, well, why do you want to do it? And I said, because I think it would be fun. <laughs> and I think, I, I think it makes sense and the brand should be, and it's a great precursor to our spirit launch. Mm. And I was lucky in that he said yes. And uh, about a month later, I'm on a plane with Lord Carnarvon to the jungles of Nicaragua and Esteli. Oh my God. And we're in there smoking all these uh, different, I mean, Nick has access to some of the finest and rarest tobacco in the world. Wow. Stuff that celebrities can't get their hand on when they want to slap their name on a label and do a cigar line he's got real access to stuff nice. and uh and thus you have the high castle cigar this was about a year after concept we launched this and we've won i mean just amazing awards and there you go there's the beautiful band right there yeah um and we just came out with the high castle victorian which is also getting ridiculous awards and finding a great following and uh and i'm very proud to say that 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 ethan is uh uh involved with us with that as well and and, and obviously rob is uh, our, our number three customer in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Rob. Hey! <laughs> Free cigars, all it takes. <laughs> so, um, uh, that's gorgeous. Uh, yeah. yeah. Adam, tell me a little bit about um, the, the bottle itself, the High Clear Castle Gin. I want to go back to the gin real quick. The yeah. bottle itself, 
it, it, the, the color of this bottle is so incredibly unique. You don't see that when you walk into a liquor store, you don't see this. This pops. This stands out when you walk into a liquor store. Where did this color concept come Thank from? Thank you for I, – well, I appreciate that you, you, you speak of it that way because, you know, you're talking about a small fortune and a lot of time. <laughs> so when people do appreciate what we've gone – the lengths that we've gone through to do this, um, you're all outside right now. Tara, you're inside, it looks like. Mm -hmm. the, the, the beauty of the bottle, first of all, is we wanted it to be understated and elegant at the same time. You know, again, modern marketing is flash, 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 uh, and then there's stuff that's kind of got no personality, it's just a label. We wanted it to be something that really represented the British understated representation of elegance. And to do that, again, we looked at the, we looked at the estate. Mm -hmm. um, purple through history, since the ancient Roman times, has always represented nobility. Right. The senators, the Roman senators would have a purple stripe on their togas. The reason yeah. why is it was always very difficult and expensive to manifest purple in garments. Clergy. The clergy, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the bishops of Winchester, uh, exactly that, that, that were at Highclere. Uh, <laughs> purple was that color. And of course, the lavender that we use, a nod to that in the garden. Mm -hmm. Most colors that you see in the world, in, 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 in uh, products and, and things, comes from a Pantone color palette, what's called Pantone color palettes. We insisted on a custom color. So uh, some of the, the interesting colors you see on brands in the world, they tend to be customized, like Vufico Orange, for example. So we wanted to have a color that was unreplicable. It was, it's our own exact design. Yeah. And we also wanted to change in different lighting. So if you're in the daytime like you guys are, if you're yeah. inside and it's very dark, it can almost appear black. And then if the light hits just right, it'll, it'll glow purple like a gemstone. And, uh, and of course, the bottle, as you, as you probably noted, Jamie, Matt, it's, it's a very soft touch to it, like a velvet. Yeah. yeah. So all these little details we spent a lot of time on uh, to make sure that they were perfect. Because from the moment you pick the bottle up, we want it to feel as noble as the heritage of High Clara is. Yeah. Heavy and rock solid, understated and elegant. And I think we achieved that well. And I, I, I really appreciate that you guys notice. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's astounding. Even, even the barcode, I was gonna say the barcode. Uh, <laughs> it mimics the silhouette of the castle. So well played, well played um, on, on the barcode as well. So uh, welcome to America. Um, people like to tell you what to do with your life and your labels and your bottles. And thank you government for getting involved in our lives. Uh, so what, what, what uh, did you want on the label? Uh, on the bottle, and uh, I know I know bourbons and whiskey. It's it's a it's it's a bloody nightmare. Um, it's a London dry gin. So what what is it what is it telling me that it says it's a London dry gin? Uh, what does that tell me? And what what's the government telling you you got to do with what you're putting on the label? Yeah. Um, so the the US TTB requirements for London dry have their own set of rules. Uh, these are the kind of things that I will memorize and fully understand in the moment of approval, <laughs> and then I promptly forget. Fair play. <laughs> it does not belong on my desktop for long. No. <laughs> I wish I could tell you because I did that matter like two years ago, and then I immediately erased it from my life. Oh, God, yeah. But I can tell you that from a London Dry gin, it is distilled in the typical London Dry uh, method. It is distilled in England. Um, and we fit all the requirements for what that, what that means and our ratios of flavor and the style and, and, and methods of, of distillation. All that stuff means it's very much made in the traditional London dry style. 
Did you have about the bottle? I like it because it's something a lot of bartenders will get behind a bottle that they appreciate and feel that work has gone into. You know, nowadays there's so many options, and if we're gonna put something on our back bar, we want it to be something that we truly believe in. So a lot of I have a very small bar, and I have to pick and choose what I carry very carefully. So I make sure it is only products that I like from the inside out, from the flavor to the bottle to the look, everything. So mm. I I do appreciate that part of it. Thank you for saying that, and more importantly, Tara, I really appreciate that you have volunteered to fill one third of your <laughs> like their castle gin. <laughs> the world to me. <laughs> uh, Tara, so uh, this is this is a handsome, I, I you know, because the, the places I, I've seen you pour in a couple different bars and, mm -hmm. and it, it, there's just a feel. And these are these class, these these craft cocktail bars. Uh, there's a there's a feel. There's a swankiness to them. Mm -hmm. And 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 it's got to work, right? You know, you're not pulling the five o'clock vodka <laughs> off and, <laughs> and, and pouring it. Right. So, uh, it, I, I'm going to guess this, this would work at your bar. So, um, the bottle's going to work. Um, what's the next cocktail? Did you have another concoction you came I up do, with? Actually I do. So when, um, Matt dropped the gin off last night, I yep. set some aside cause I wanted to do two shaken cocktails. Um, and one that was creative, but one that was a little bit of a variation on a classic. So I'm going to do a, kind of a riff on a jasmine cocktail. So I have some lemon juice, and I'm just doing a half ounce of some lemon juice. Um, and then some Quattro. Ooh. And I'm just going to do the same thing, half ounce of some Quattro. Um, and then Campari, because... Campari is my favorite. I go through a lot of this. <laughs> Good stuff. Quarantine has started. I've bought more bottles than most people. I'm sure. <laughs> and it's gonna. Be, I do three quarter ounces in mine because I like it a little bitter. So when I was reading about the gin yesterday, the botanicals in it, I set some aside in a little container, but I threw a bag of oolong tea in there because I love bitter and I love the way that oolong pairs with lavender it almost complements it yeah you're a big um, oolong fan are you not tara i am yeah. yeah yeah i appreciate that about you <laughs> i do use that a lot i guess i didn't realize that i put no so it's, it's a great way to go <laughs> um so i let it sit overnight and then i'm just gonna do an ounce and a half of that because i want it to be super gin forward and you get a lot of the oolong and everything else just kind of be a compliment to it sounds delicious and then that's it. I'm just going to shake it and I serve it up in a cocktail glass. One second. I'm touching my ice with my hands. Do not judge me for that. You're the only one drinking it, so go for it. <laughs> yeah, right. Just don't touch your face. You're all right. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that sound. I so miss being out in public. So, because Adam, <laughs> which he's done, uh, they had just done like a cocktail contest uh, on the, uh, the Carnarvons did on the Facebook page, I do believe. Um, I want to talk about that because I was going to tell Tara about it and I was like, oh my God, I got to. And it was like, it was like an hour or two from the deadline. I'm like, ah, crap. I'm going to bugger. I hope That's you're doing normal for most bartenders, though. Let me tell you, 
We are submitting cocktails right down to the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we're doing another one right now. So um, I'm not sure if we posted it yet on Facebook, but it will be going live. We're uh, for the next cocktail party, which is not this Friday, but the following Friday on the Hiker Castle Gin Facebook page. Uh, we're doing another virtual cocktail party with Lord Liddy Carnarvon uh, at the castle. This one will be hosted in the uh, Renee, where are we hosting this one? Smoking room. In the smoking room, which <laughs> is uh, which is Lord Carnarvon's father and grandfather's favorite room. It's a little more low key that most much of the public doesn't get into. And um, last last time we did um, pick Lord Carnarvon's cocktail. This time we're doing pick Lady Carnarvon's cocktail. Ah. So if he goes on our page and submits a cocktail recommendation. We're gonna pick one of those, and we're gonna have Louis the Butler or uh, make make that cocktail for Lady Carnarvon to enjoy. And, all right. Uh, of course, we'll promote the bartender too, Tara. So please do. Throw something in the in the in the uh, in the bag for us. I will, sure. Adam, since you know Lady Carnarvon better than any of us, can you help uh, Tara? Uh, maybe maybe tell her some of the flavor profiles. Let's let's help right. her win. You want to make uh, let's let's stack <laughs> this deck, baby. Let's, let's cheat a little bit here. <laughs> well, you know, you know, we're all. Um, I think we're all in this together in a way because we're we're lovers of history. So anytime you dig back into kind of real old school stuff. We're all mm -hmm. enchanted by that. As a matter of fact, Lady Carnarvon, um, I was there uh, some months ago and she had found in the archives of the castle, these beautiful little handwritten notes in this beautiful script that was written by the previous butler from the 1920s. And that back then they didn't have fancy names for cocktails. It was called the, the dry martini or the or the sweet cocktail or the gin cocktail. They were very simple. But uh, we've, we've gotten a lot of inspiration and High Claire actually still serves cocktails the same way today. And we have them listed on our website, on High Claire Castle Gin's website. So you can actually go there and see them. But, but uh, Tara, if you did any, uh, any digging into some neat old kind of stuff that's elusive old kind of uh, story cocktails, mm -hmm. it helps. I All right. I can yeah. do that. Please do. <laughs> Fantastic. That's bitter. The, the cocktail is a little bit bitter, but that's because there's, it is actually really pretty. It matches my Ooh. hair quite well. <laughs> um, you did that on purpose. Yeah, you know you did. Right. <laughs> uh, um, but I like super bitter cocktails. Yeah. Fair. Bitter, bitter can be a lot of fun. Yes. I mean, Kapari's a killer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So what? Uh, excuse my ignorance. Uh, so what? What is Campari? What? Uh, what? What flavor does that add? It's an aperitif. Um, it's an Italian aperitif, it, but it's more. A, you get a little bit of sweetness from it, but more bitter, and it just pairs so well with everything. I put it with gin. I drink it with bourbon, with tequila. Like there's nothing I've not put Campari in. Mm. I drink it by itself a lot. <laughs> a lot. It does, it does get and it makes you hungrier. And uh, after you're done eating, it helps with digestion, so you can eat more. Right. <laughs> I like it. So, uh, Adam, you guys launched in the U.S. August of last year. Yeah, approximately August. So, how are things coming along so far? You know, you, you, people can find High Clear on your website. You know, can they go onto the website and type in you know their zip code and then find out where they can find High Clear? I, I wish you could say it was that easy. We're actually, you know, now coronavirus, of course, has, has forced us to get a little bit more clever about how we're doing that. Sure. So we're going to have a website relaunch in the next three or four weeks. 
that will have an easier function to search for uh, online direct-to-home delivery. Okay. But um, but right now we're available in 25 states. The states are listed on our Facebook page at the top and on our website. Um, and if you're in the UK and Europe, it's a little easier to order through Vitro sure. Sellers or Amazon UK, which has a little bit more relaxed online uh, liquor shipping rules. So in the US, we're in 25 states. We had um, and on caskers.com, by the way, most people in the US could get it on caskers.com online. C-A-S-K-E-R-S. Yep. Um, but, you know, I mean, our plans were a little bit interrupted like the rest of the world, right? I mean, we were in the middle of, of uh, to be honest, launching in restaurants and, and wonderful cocktail menus like Tara's uh, around the country. We were doing this for the first time because mm-hmm. it's gin and tonic season. And that was, that was interrupted by Corona. And I'm not going to complain because every single one of us is in the exact same boat. Yeah. And many restaurants have been shut and now just coming back to work partially or whatever. So, you know, we're, we're, all in, we're all in the boat together. And now it's about figuring out how do we reopen? How do we get back to business in a healthy, successful way? And, and uh, you know, we're, we're really planning to go really deep in the markets that are super important to us, of which Michigan is a top 10 one. So we're, we're doing a 10 market focus back to life. That's where, all, that's where we're going. That's where Lord and Lady Carnarvon are coming to when we get back to business, Michigan. Mm-hmm. And we're going to spend a lot of time taking care of the bartenders and the restaurants and liquor stores that, that get it, you know? Yep. Live tasting events. You guys going to be doing, uh, putting those together as well. Is that something that's on the repertoire right now? You mean, uh, what, what, what do you mean by that, Matt? Live tastings. Uh, people come and you invite folks in and they get to taste the high clear, uh, castle gin, uh, for the first time or at, at a specific, uh, what their favorite water hole or a place like the library club, you know, live tastings. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's that's an important thing for us. So are dinner pairings and and supporting the the the, the bars with the, uh, events and things like that. It's just mm-hmm. hard to plan right now because everything is so in motion that we can't get mm-hmm. dates on the schedule. And so we're so you know here I am in my in my man cave, <laughs> you know what we call the adventures lounge. And I guess we're kind of doing it virtually yeah. for now. So it's not a it's not a question of if it's a question of when. Uh, and when it does happen, you know, we, we would love to be a part of that. The man kid would love to be a part of that in Michigan, in Detroit. And, you know, we, we just want to continue to check in with you, you know, every, every once a quarter, once every six months, just to see how things are coming along. Oh yeah. And, and just love that. I, I love having a conversation with you guys. <laughs> really. Do. I, I appreciate that. And you know, I, I was in uh, Michigan for my first time as a result of Rob uh, and Ethan. Yeah. And, uh, and I've, I've, I've really fallen in love with the state and the people. I mean, even the restaurants I've been to, the culture, the, the, the bars that I've popped into with, with these guys showing me around. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's a really magical place. And I think it's got a lot going on. Yeah. And I'm not sure a lot of the country realizes that. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really proud to put it on our, like, uh, our top 10 list of places where we want to spend our energy for Castle Gin. And so I can tell you for a fact that Lord and Lady Carnarvon were excited to be there literally two weeks ago mm-hmm. and we had to cancel that trip. Uh, but we will be there as soon as possible. And I can't wait to jump into the market and meet more people and engage. Have you guys, like, let's broadcast somewhere amazing. Rob yeah. and Ethan have some really cool ideas for where we can do some very sexy, exclusive events. And, uh, and Tara, of course, we're going to do a, play, a thing at her place because she just committed to putting three of our cocktails on her. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. it would, I will say this. It would work out because we also have a cigar bar. Oh, oh God. No. <laughs> no. So what do we need to – so, so Tara, I'm going to get your information from Matt and Jamie. 
and we'll be in touch on how to support you guys. And I mean this. Yeah, for sure. How to support you guys. Are you, are you back open and functioning full on yet? No, we're not. Right now, we're looking at August at the latest. So they were using this time to kind of make some small updates to the club. Okay. Um, we have a hotel and a spa. So right now, we have 10 hotel rooms, and they were okay. adding 10 more. I see. So I see. once construction is up and moving, then we'll be back open. So would you, would, you allow, would you allow me to hire you to design a custom cocktail for us? Yeah, for sure. So that's I done. would love to. All right, cool. So we'll get, we'll get in touch uh, yeah. with Matt and Jamie with Info. You know, Adam, I want to. You guys have Tara's email address. Absolutely, absolutely, we do. And and I want to share uh, also that you know the, uh, another friend of ours of the man cave, Nick, Br Nick Britsky, He actually created a website. It's called Go Tip Em, and it's represented across the entire country, all every state in the U.S. And people can actually go in and tip their favorite bartender. All the bartender has to do is go in and put in their information, and then when you have pour a drink at home. You can then go on to go tip them and tip your bartender. That's awesome. So, you know, and that's represented across the entire country. So, you know, please find Tara and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely connect you there. But, you know, people care about their bartenders. They really, really do. So, yeah. Tara, Tara, we're not even going to try the last name, but just say it so people can find you on go tip them. Uh, Jay Gazinski. All right. So people, if you can see the, on the, uh, if you're seeing, well, look in the Zoom, look at the, the spelling of her name. Jay yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, Flanagan, but, uh, you know, Zhirkovsky is my uh, other side. So. I got an Andrzejewski somewhere. Uh, yeah, around, yeah, so. Somewhere in there. <laughs> All right. Uh, good stuff. So this is, I, I went with the, I, while we were chit-chatting there, I, I did up a, a gin and tonic. Um, man, that's, I got a, this is the new staple for the deck, I'm thinking, right here. <laughs> oh, yeah? Little uh, hot tub action there for you, Jamie? <laughs> yeah, I got the, I got the, the and, and and Matt, as you're as you're sipping it neat, I mean, how are you how are you experiencing it through the the whole glass? Um, I, I added a I did it neat to begin with. Then I actually added a little bit of water. Then I did a full ice cube, and it gets better and better, and it opens it up that much more. It, it just it it's sitting right on the back of my throat, right in my palate, and it's just coating it so nicely. And yeah. it, it is. And the legs are still there. It's incredible, even after I'm done. The legs are still there, and I keep going back because the legs keep going further down the glass so amazing Amazing. and how are you guys both uh jamie as well how are you fighting the cigar how's it smoking it, it, it was smoking quickly um to start and i was like a little worried i'm like oh crap i'm gonna be done with the cigar before the show is over <laughs> <laughs> it is, it's almost I'm, it's, it's uh it, it's going well with the cocktail so yes, it's, it's, uh, it's it's a it's a great pairing it really is and you yeah. know i will dive into the uh victorian uh, soon enough, but th this has just been incredible. It really the Victorian has. may be a bit intense to pair with the gin, mm. uh, but the Edwardian is it's just such a lovely pairing with the pistachio notes and the leather and the bit of white chocolate and white pepper. It's a really good flavor pairing. Is that, is that what I'm getting on, that, on, my, on my lip right here? Is that pepper? Is that what I'm getting? White pepper coming off the cigar, yeah. It's, mm -hmm. it's really well well designed by Nick. Exactly. I, I wasn't, I did, you see, you called it leather and I, I'm so, you know, susceptible to suggestions. I was feeling something natural. I, I was like, there's something, you know, natural, not, not raw, but, but, but natural, um, a flavor. I couldn't put it in. And then you, you said a, a leather. I'm like, Oh, hey, it's leather. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, Nick is, uh, Nick is amazing with how he's, he designs his flavors too. And, you, and if you look for it, close your eyes, you'll get some of that. So, so what we wanted to do with the cigar is, my inspiration for the cigar was High Claire's library in the afternoon before the fire is lit. 
smells like 150 years of fires that have been lit and 5,000 antique books. So if you can imagine the smell of 150 years of fireplace out in the morning and 5,000 leather books dating back to the 1500s. That's the way the library at Heitner smells, where all the gentlemen have always smoked their cigars. So I wanted to capture that aroma and flavor, that depth of kind of like that ancient architecture and the woods Man. and the varnishes and the polish and the leather and the fireplace. And of course, Nick, Nick pulled it off with leather and hay and white yeah. paper and all those flavors. He's, he's got an impeccable ability to blend. So I don't smoke cigars. Do, like most people enjoy the smell of them or I, I like to read about them and learn all the flavors that people have put in them. So if you come to the club, we have um, the House Manhattan and I have on the menu, we smoke with a cigar. Um, mm -hmm. So usually I will find, I try to change it up by the month um, and I will usually go for something that has an, a flavor that I know will really pick up on the bourbon. Yeah. But that would be a cool set of flavors to play with. with yeah. That's see why we brought her in? That's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you know your stuff, sure. I just top notch. I just uh, yeah. Um, I I, so I like to brag about my house. My house it, it's for being in the states here is kind of old. It's uh, eighteen thirty one. Yeah, that's uh, old. Yeah. And so we got it. It's 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 the fireplace when we have fires. Um, and I've been looking for a book. I'm I'm trying to get my hands on a a, a book. I got a, a piece of Byron, and I know it's I know it's early 1900s, but it's 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 not into the the 1800s. But I want to get a, a a couple of books to have closer to that. Uh, uh, I'm an English major. I teach high school. It's one of my other existences. Uh, so I, when you're talking about the smell of books um, and, and the fire, it's, it's, that's, that's, uh, my wife won't let me smoke in the living room, but uh, uh, that's why I'm out on the deck smoking. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can't, we can't, unfortunately, we can't smoke in the library in High Clare anymore either because the books are so rare that, yeah. that uh, it's not allowed. So we, but what we yeah. do is we open up the we open the French doors and we stand two feet out on the stone terrace and we look at the book. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I would love to, to have a chat with Lord Carnarvon and just the stories uh, of the castle. Nick shared one with us that uh, uh, one of, one of uh, Lord Carnarvon's uh, ancestors helped fund the King Tut ex uh, you know, uh, expedition. Uh, and from what I understand in the basement, there's uh, replicas of Tut's tomb. It's just yeah. mind blowing. The castle is just the layers. The layers are amazing, and it, it, they they go on forever. I mean, so so this is Lord Carnarvon's great grandfather. This was the sixth Earl of Carnarvon, and he was an interesting guy. He uh he was basically buying the very first cars that were available, and he was racing them like a madman around the estate, <laughs> And so what he, what he what he did was. The doctor said, um, you know, you're repairing from some of your injuries and this damp, cold English weather is not good for you. You should go somewhere where it's warm and dry. So he, go, he goes to Cairo and he was, always, he was always a man like so many of the men of the Victorian age. He was a, a sense of adventure, a bit of kind of exploration. The ancient Egyptian thing was so new at the time, really. Yeah, Napoleon and them found something, but it was still kind of that era, that age of discovery. And so we said, well, I'm going to stay in Cairo and I'm going to put some of my effort, some of my money towards helping to fund some, some searches. And they searched for years and they found, they found very little. And then right before he was about to pull the plug, Howard Carter, his partner in crime over there, the, the, the archaeologist, 
discovered the, the, the tomb of King Tutankhamun. And uh, there's a very famous quote out there. And it, it, it's significant because this is the first global media story ever in the world. So they, he, he, he opens the door and uh, he looks inside and Lord Kidarman says, what do you see? And Howard Carter shines the lantern through this little hole that they kind of knocked through. And he says, wonderful things. And it's the glint <laughs> of gold shining off the lantern light. And this became a global news story. It was the first one ever. And, uh, and it wasn't too long after that Lord Kidarman died, actually starting, the, starting the, the, the whole kind of idea of the curse of King Tut's tomb. Mm. So in the basement there today, they have, uh, Lord Lincoln Arvin have created the most amazing exhibit with, I, I believe it's argued to be one of the most accurate reproductions of King Tut's sarcophagus in the world. I just, uh, I just, the castle is just like, and, and I'm not, you know, I just, I, I saw the movie, uh, being an English teacher, uh, the movie was coming out and I do radio here in the city and there was like a press screening of the movie and I was, I asked a couple of the English teacher girls that I work with, ladies, girls, I'm such a sexist, some of them girls over there, <laughs> I just like, ladies, I go, there, there's a screening of this, uh, you know, Downton Abbey movie, you guys want to go and they all lost their minds and they're like, yeah, you know, so we all. Uh, <laughs> we all went and enjoyed it, enjoyed it thoroughly, and I've, I've, I've picked up on it. Um, it but just the, 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 the stories behind the castle is just the, just the things attached to it. Uh, I, I'm just uh, astounded by the whole thing. We're, Matt, we're an hour in already, man. Yes, yeah, so time flies. It really does. You know, I, 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 I want to keep going. We could go, like, we could go hours. Yes. But you know <laughs> what? That, that, just, yeah, we're we're going to save it for later because there's so much that we can get into. And having you come back, Adam, uh, and Ethan and Rob and, and Tara, having you guys back on the Man Cave would be absolutely amazing. Um, you know, follow up, you know, get some more stories about, you know, the, the, about Highclere Castle Gin, how things are coming along, of course, the castle itself. You know, there, there's so much more to be discussed. And cannot thank you enough all for your time tonight on the Man Cave. Happy Hour Podcast. Really. That is Adam. What is the website for uh, Highclere Castle? It's HighClareCastleGin.com, H-I-G-H, Claire, C-L-E-R-E, CastleGin.com. And you can look for us on Facebook, too. All of your your listeners are most welcome, you guys as well. I hope you'll join us for our virtual cocktail party coming up at the castle, hosted by Lord and Lady Carnarvon. Not this Friday, but the one right after. It's now the biggest virtual cocktail party in the world. Uh, We're hoping that everyone will join us for that submit some cocktails. Tara, you'll join us for that. And, um, and I really appreciate your interest and your yeah. spirits and cigar guys. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a it, it, lovely honor to be on and Ethan, thanks for helping to make it happen. Oh, this was excellent. I thank my brother James for, uh, suggesting Matt and his podcast and I yeah. uh, want to throw this out there because I think uh, Great Lakes Wine and Spirits is our distributor here in, uh, in Michigan and right. it's done a good job of getting it out to a lot of the local liquor stores. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously we, we had a yeah, kind of the halt with the, with the, the Corona for the, the on-premise, but the off-premise, um, check your local liquor stores. If they don't have it, ask for it because yep. Great Lakes Wine and Spirits can get it for them. And, and, our guy, and our guy, Art Locar, who's in, in Michigan, he's an amazing brand representative that's representing us through the state as well. And uh, I mean, between Art and Ethan and Rob and Kevin and, and the whole Navigate Oak family, we're, uh, we're doing some fun things. So, Absolutely. Sarah, I can't wait to see a third <laughs> of your bar <laughs> covered in purple. 
Uh, I can't wait to come visit, smoke a cigar there at the uh, at the, the library there at the Detroit Club, and, mm-hmm. and and have a gin high clear gin cocktail. So Definitely. I'm excited. And hopefully within a year's time, uh, Matt, Jamie, Tara, we can have you guys to High Clare to do a broadcast from there. But in the meantime, mm. we'll come out to you. I can't wait to get back to Michigan and, and, and hopefully bring Lord or Lady Canarvon with me. Absolutely. We'll, we'll make it happen. Thank be, you. Be our honor. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for taking the time, everybody. Appreciate it. And uh, hey, we end the man cave. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Clinks. Cheers. Virtual clinks. Yes. <laughs> Virtual clinks. <laughs>